so my background is mainly data science and analytics, um, primarily in like the small business lending space. Um, so I started doing um, like machine learning and focusing on data like in 2014. I kind of saw like the the wave was coming, um, and and kind of got in a position where I could, you know, I could I could position myself into uh, into a job doing it. And I actually started with baseball analytics because um, there's a ton of good resources to learn how to one code and two how to do data science. Um, in baseball, just kind of on the side. And I was able to parlay that into an actual career, um, just building models, like doing a bunch of different types of analysis. Um, you know, so my, my passion is both football and baseball. I know we're gridiron AI, but, you know, uh, baseball is um, kind of where a lot of the stuff really started because the, the data has always been there. With the NFL, it's, there is a lot of data, but baseball has been at like the, like the front end of sports data for, for a very long time. So are you a big sports fan? Do you have a favorite team? Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, the Eagles is why I wore the hat. And plus, my hair is pretty long. But, yeah, I'm a big, uh, big Philly sports fan. So, it's it's been a fun couple of years with Jalen Hurts. Um, you know, the Phillies are hit or miss, you know, year to year. Um, hopefully, they get hot and make another run. But, like, big Eagles fan. Yeah, both teams fell just short. <laughs> I know. At least it was exciting. Well, we missed we missed the uh, we missed the perfect storm of the, if the Sixers got to the finals and lost, it would have been like the first time ever the city had every major sports team lose in the finals. So I'm pretty sure like the um, the MLS team, the Union lost in the in the MLS Cup too, or in the finals. So it would have been like every single sport they kind of get close, but didn't but didn't do it. But the Sixers kind of faded out as as they always do. But yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, all right, so. Uh... That's pretty cool. Uh, so one thing I wanted to know is, you know, I, I had a chance to look at Gridiron AI. I thought it was really cool. Uh, but can you just give us a rundown of what is Gridiron AI in a simple way? Yeah, so we um, use artificial intelligence and machine learning to really do two different things. So one is project player stats. And then also um, we recently got into to game outcomes. So betting, so like betting models with like who's going to win the spread, who's going to win money line, and then ultimately the game scores. Um, and one of the things that we do is we don't, we don't add personal bias to it. So what the model spits out is what you see on the site. There's very few exceptions where, where we actually like touch anything that, that come out of kind of the, the back end and all the kind of all the different models that we have run on a week to week basis. Um, what, what, what this allows you to do really is to get a, like an unbiased opinion on where you think something's going to be. Because when it comes to sports, and, and one of the reasons why we, we took this approach is um, like Zach, um, one of the co-founders, just randomly posted on LinkedIn, like, I'm just sick of looking at people's opinions on projections. I want to start a company that, you know, takes that, that bias out. And I actually found him on, I saw the post on LinkedIn randomly. I was like, hey, I'm in, I can, I'm down to do all the data science work. Um, and then, uh, you know, that's kind of how it started. And then another guy named Liam joined in. And then we've kind of just been trying to tackle that problem um, of trying to remove bias from, from sports betting and from, um, from, from fantasy football. Very cool. So that's kind of what inspired you to create this project is, is you're tired of hearing everybody's opinions. Oh, this team's going to win. I'm, you know, I'm betting whatever on this team or, or, or whatever. You just kind of wanted an objective purely statistical analytic report of this stuff. Is that correct? Yeah, if, yeah, for the most part. And like, you know, the thing about fantasy football is you get, it's really hard to remove like your personal opinion and feelings about players, really in any type of fantasy sports. That's, that's, that's true. It's like, you know, 
you draft a guy, he has a bad year. It could just be a bad year, but you're probably never going to draft him again, even though the best outcome for your team might be draft that player again because it's just a one-off year. Because um, the, the other thing about football that makes it interesting and one of the reasons why, like, like we haven't really expanded out into, like, into baseball or, or any of these other sports is, like, your samples are very small, which is also some of the challenges. It's like, you know, the NFL season only has, I think, like 272 games, something like that, which is a pretty small sample. Each team only has 17. If you look at baseball, baseball's got about like 4,000 games, more or less. So you do the math, like in, in baseball, it's kind of more normalized over a full season. And football is not like that. It's um, you're, because every game means so much, you're, how week to week performance, week to week performance for a player really impacts like your decision making. Right, right, right. That makes sense. So tell us, like, so the average person goes on to Gridiron AI. Is it going to help them with predicting the outcomes of games? Is it going to help them with fantasy players, you know, for their fantasy football draft coming up? Or maybe it's happening right now. What, what is it going to help them do, like the average sports fan? Yeah, both. And it really just depends on what you're into. If you're into sports betting, yeah, we'll have when the season starts, um, like the week to week um, projections, which we also track on NFL Pick Watch. So if you're only into sports betting, which is a lot of people that only care about sports betting, we'll give you our readout on kind of what we think is going to happen in these games. And then if you're like a DFS player or a weekly fantasy player, we'll have the fantasy projections every week as well, where you're able to kind of like after you're done with your draft in the sake of like a weekly league, you can save your team and we'll, we'll try to tell you who on your team you should start on a given week. Um, we don't really have any in, in, right now integrations into league, so we can't pull in like, oh, who's on the waiver wire and who should you pick up? That's kind of like in the future where we're trying to take it. Um, but right now it's mainly just we'll give you our projections and you need you can use them as you know as you see fit. Very cool. So, so tell me, like, I'm a sports fan. I'm a big sports fan. Uh, so I follow like all the games, all the sports. Football is my favorite. I like college football. I'm at the University of Tennessee right now as we speak. So go balls. But anyways, um, so tell me, like, is this is this limited to pro football right now? Or is it like, uh, can you do college sports or something like that? Or how, how does that work? Yeah, it's like right now we're just we're just um, we're just the NFL. Um and, you know, I think that, you know, there's a point where we get big enough where we can where we can start expanding out into other sports. And logically, like college football would be a pretty easy um, move from week to week. There's more games, there's more players. It's really the same structure of data. Um, there's just a lot of there's a lot of startup costs um, in a sense of like it takes a lot of time to get to get models that one work well and two like the infrastructure behind them to make sure that they all work every week and troubleshooting it. So I think that there is. There is like a point where we would expand out to other sports, but right now the main focus is just the NFL, um, which is also the biggest sport in the United States right now. Um, so, um, yeah, so that's kind of where, where we're at at this point. Yeah, it's, it's a great time because NFL season is here. Uh, so what, what do you see is uh, like, what do you see, like I, I look at other sports predictors, right? What is the AI component? Like, what, how does AI come into play to help you with your projections here? Like, how does some of that back-end tech work, I guess? Yeah, so, um, so a, lot, a lot of what we do is um, we model, we have a, a couple different, we have a couple different models that ultimately feed our final projections that go on the site. And the way that we try to leverage AI is to build um, and model probability distributions so we basically have have the AI 
give us 500 outcomes for a given game, for a given player, for all of their stats. And then we use that to kind of roll it up into what you see on the site. And we don't do that as much for the betting side, but for the player side, it really gives us the ability to give like a whole distribution of potential outcomes, which allow us to say like, all right, like this player has some upside, they have some downside and um, kind of what are those outcomes? Because in the sense of like, you know, for most, most projections that you'll see like on ESPN, CBS, these other sites, like I guess ESPN's gotten into like giving you like a boom bust now, but we've been doing that since we started. They just got into that because there is a range of outcomes in, in, in all sports for every player. And just looking at what somebody is going to do in, in a given game for like for their average is not like it's going to it's not going to be that it's going to be either more or less. It's good to see what what is the upside and the downside for a given player and, and why that's important, especially in, if you think about it in the sense of like like football. If you're let's say it's a Monday and you need like a Hail Mary, you can go and look at our upside projections and be like, all right, who on my team has the most, who has like the highest ceiling and try and play that person over somebody who may have a lower ceiling, but higher floor, because you just need, you need the gamble, right? Right, that makes sense. So how long have you guys been around? So we, we, we started um, late 2015, like probably midway through the season. It's kind of when like um, the three original co-founders, like me, this guy named Zach and Liam, kind of all just, found the same LinkedIn post by Zach and we're just like, all right, let's do this. And then we spent basically the whole off season and most, and like the first couple of weeks of the 2016 season, getting everything set up. I think we launched actually in like a Google doc originally. It's like, Hey, we don't really have a, a site yet, but like, here's our projections, Reddit, go, go crazy on them. And it was um, a good learning experience. So right now, is it a paid service? Yeah. So right now we, um, during the season, we charge $5 a week. Um, and we only run that through like early December and we just like give it away, you know, in the preseason and for kind of the postseason. Cause at that point, like if you're a weekly player and you don't bet, like there's really no value on the site because you're out of the playoffs or whatever, but maybe you want to do some DFS in the playoffs. So we, we kind of like, we turn, we shut down the billing during the off season because we only really provide a service during the NFL season. And the meaningful part of the NFL season really ends in December for a lot of people. Now, we, if we expand out into like DFS more, we, we may change that or have a subscription. It's like just DFS. Um, but for now, we kind of keep it pretty, pretty loose on like, you know, when, when, we, when we just quote unquote turn off billing for the year, um, just because we don't, we don't want to charge people who are not getting value from us. Like that's not, we're not here to take your money. We're here to help you win. And just billing you when you're not playing isn't, isn't a good way to do that. Yeah, no, absolutely. That's not bad at all. Five bucks a week. I mean, people people spend seven dollars on coffee a day, so that's no big deal. Uh, so, um, especially for sports fans, you know. Uh, so, how many users do you have right now? Do you track that at all, or do you do any data tracking? Yeah, so we're up to close to like nine thousand total users on the site. Um, that's not the same as our paying. So, we actually have two services. We do have like a free service um, where you can just go make an account and you just get like the top. I think. We, we've been talking about all, what the final number is, but I think you get the top 10 at each position each week. So you can still get something for free. And then if you want to unlock everything, it's when you, you we, we have the $5 a month. The other thing you get with a subscription is you get to customize your league settings. So one of the reasons why we project out stats, like not just the final stat, but the counting stats too. And I think every site really does this as well, but it allows you to put in like your custom scoring because everybody... Most some some people have crazy scoring rules, and we we try to capture that by you just you create your team. You can go to settings, and you can be like, all right, if you get 
20 points a touchdown for some reason, like you can go and put all that in and then it'll recalculate our like, you know, our like distributions to what your to what your settings are in your league. Right. So like if if your algorithms come up with a guy who, let's say, gets a lot of receptions, but maybe doesn't get a lot of yards, but they're in a PPR league where you get points per reception, then he might you know, be higher on the list than he would in some other or standard league or something like that. Yeah, exactly right. And and we have like pre-configured settings. So when you go make an account, we have like PPR, standard, Vandals, and DraftKings. So like if you just kind of keep it standard, you don't even have to make a custom team. You can just go right to those presets and then it'll have them recalculated for those scoring, um, for those different scoring settings just by default. Because I would say... Probably eighty percent of people probably just do PPR or standard scoring, and then you have the GFS players that, you know, either use FanDuel's or DraftKings. How accurate are your algorithms usually? I mean, I know like like are, do they are they a lot different than you see on ESPN or something like that, or uh, how does that how does your data differentiate from what they use, say on like ESPN Fantasy or something like that? Yeah, so that's that's when it gets like. That's where it's hard to talk to. So like, I don't know how any of those sites build their projections or where they get their data from, but we typically, um, we're pretty good. I think that like, I don't have it off the top of my head, but we're within like four or five points for every single player, every single week. And it's really just like, it's high variance. Like, and that's the challenge. It's like, and, and, and the, the, the data sources that we can track publicly, we post on Twitter every week of like, all right, like, here's our average error. And then here's like, I think there's like four or five sites that like actually just put their data out there for people to use, which is great. Um, and we can kind of spot check what we're doing against kind of the, the easily available data just to make sure we're doing well. Like NFL.com publishes those where we beat them every week. Um, but it really, it varies a lot. Like, you know, if you, there's a random wide receiver that scores 30 points, like nobody's going to have them at that, like, you know, wide receiver three, but in general, um, um, we, I mean, I've been using it nonstop since, since I've, since we've started it and I've done pretty well in fantasy, um, where you see a lot of variance. I think that like part of, part of the value that we also provide is like, we're a unique way, like our projections aren't really in line with everybody else. And the way that we use that is we, um, and Nick, um, from our site, he, he does a bunch of like podcasts and he, he'll usually post a bunch of stuff. What, what we try and do is see what data is available from like fantasy pros and, all these other sites and be, and try to figure out where we are different from them and where we're massively different. Because if you think about it, like, like the top five or six players, everybody's going to have them in the top five or six. It's really after you get past that is where you, you really try to find value. Like a, a good example is like Justin Jefferson. It's like, we don't have him as wide receiver one, which like everybody's like, why? It's like, look, man, like, I don't know. Like I can't, I can't really tell you exactly why, but Justin Jefferson had an amazing year last year. He hit 1800 receiving yards like we just don't think he's gonna our models just don't think he's gonna have that again and and some of that is because like that's not a common occurrence so if you're expecting him to do that again yeah he might do it and and, and if he does hey great on him like he's an amazing player but like the 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 models don't lie like we don't we think he's gonna come back down to earth and the other thing about Justin Jefferson last year is he didn't really score a lot of touchdowns like most of the point difference between like where he we have him now and where he was last year just come from a regression back towards a like a normal elite wide receiver um, projection. Because, I mean, like, we have Devontae Adams and these other guys up there, too. And the difference between them is, like, three or four points. Like, it's it's not that much. But, you know, we, you know, we just don't have Jefferson I. And people are just asking us why. And I'm like, look, man, 
we just we just trust the system. Like, I mean, we're not saying don't draft Jefferson, but like, you know, if you're if you're thinking about it, how you translate that to the draft, it's like if if you're if you're sitting there and you know you can get somebody else. Well, I mean, Jefferson's probably a bad example because he's going to go first overall or close to it. But when you get to these guys like later on after the first round, that's really where you can find the values because we you can get these guys later in the draft that we have higher and we've hit on them in the we, we hit on them every year. Like we, there's always three or four guys like last year we were high on Josh Jacobs. Like he had a really great fantasy year and nobody else had him as high as we did. And it's just like it's what the model says. Like we just go with it, you know, and if it, it, it works like it's it's part of the it's part of the system is why we don't. Well, we don't overanalyze our projections. We spot check them to make sure that like injuries or, or things like that don't negatively impact what we're trying, what we're spitting out. Cause that is one of the challenges that we have. And we may get to that in, in a minute, but it is like injuries and things like that are hard for an AI to really grasp or for us to model out. So we have to do some like spot checking just to make sure that nothing gets wacky there. But that's like, to, that's the extent. And it's not even like looking at players. It's like, look, if um if Alvin Kamara is out all year and we think he's going to play in sixteen games, like, or he's suspended for three games, we can't we can't really tell the we can't really feed that into the algorithm in a way where it learns that effectively because there's just not a lot of examples of it, right? Like, you don't you don't you're not going to have there's not thousands of players every year that have suspensions that are going to play in less games, so it's, you can't you can't teach it that. Right. So you'd say that's kind of like like one of the limits that you're kind of working on or trying to, to find ways around like injuries do like, obviously players go off. That's just fantasy football or that's just football in general. Yeah. You know, a good team that's supposed to win maybe has a couple turnovers and they end up losing the game and you're like, Oh, you know, I mean, stuff happens. That's that's sports. So you can't really control that. But in general, it seems like it does really well. Uh, do you see any other risks or limitations besides like the, you know, the, the injuries or maybe like the, the wild card players, the receiver that gets one reception all year and then he goes for 30 points. I mean, that, that's pretty much it. And, and like, those are like, those are, that's a problem for a different day. Like, how do you actually, how do you, how do you actually, how can you come up with a model or any type of, of machine learning algorithm or AI that, that will be like, and this is really the key to being super profitable at DFS is finding these guys that like have, a higher than normal chance of catching a bomb, like a, a 60 yard touchdown. Cause a lot of these receivers that have like abnormal weeks, they just call it like a 60 yard pass. So how do you actually effectively identify those and project them out? That's a different problem. Like if we got to a point where we had a model that did that well, like that wouldn't be part of like the normal projections. There'd be like another part of the site that would be like boomer bust probabilities or like not really boomer, like, upside probabilities and like why we think that um and they'd be like hey these are guys who want to take a risk and like dfs or something else like these are the players to take a risk on because they're either due or the model just thinks that hey they may catch a 60 yard pass for a touchdown which is gonna swing you one way or the other in like a lot of different type of um like type of like competitions so you said you're working on that right now you're working on a way to get those sort of summaries of why they think that yeah, I mean, it's not it's not like a problem we think we're going to solve, but it, it is like, I mean, and that's part of like with uh, with the rise of like large language models and like like newer techniques, like that's where that's where I think some of this stuff is going to go. It's just going to be hard. Um, and a lot of this is like we're not like a research company, like we're not like Google or, or we don't have like a massive 
amount of resources just to throw at a problem and say, look, just figure it out or don't, but it's fine. Um, so a lot of it is just like, what we try to do is tinker, like experiment with things when we can, and then wait until we feel good about it to then go and like release it. So like, if it, like so the reason why we got into like betting is we just were doing it ourselves, not even trying to put it on the site just because we had all the data and we're like, hey, we all, we all throw some money. We all sprinkle money on NFL games. Like we have the data, we have the time. And then once we were like, hey, this actually works and like these projections are good, we put it into the site because that's, we think that people can get value from that. Um, it'd be the same type thing for this if we got to a point where like we could try to identify, uh, we could identify with some level of accuracy, like high, high point share players or boom players, then we would, we would probably keep it ourselves for a while just to make sure that it works. And then we would, we would bring it into the app. Can you tell us a little bit more about the tech? Like what kind of algorithms are being used? Where are you pulling the, like, what do you, I know we, we hinted at it earlier, but where are you pulling the data from? Are you pulling it from like the, the history of their stats? Are you, are you pulling it like, like how are you pulling those projections? Like for example, Justin Jefferson, you mentioned him earlier. He had such a great year last year. It seems like if you're pulling just from the stats, he would be the number one guy, right? So why is he not the number one guy? What is it that the algorithm's doing to, to make it a little different? Yeah, so a lot of a lot of the models and like there are we have we have a bunch of different models that, that run each week. Um for like our yearly projections, we try to use um multiple years of for you know for players that have it, multiple years of um of their of their past performance to then try to come up with what their performance is right now. And then we try to layer in information about the teams that they're on. Um, because I think that is an important aspect that you have to capture is like, what's their O-line going to be like this year? What's their quarterback like going to be this year? Because there is like, at least anecdotally, like if you have a good wide receiver with a really bad quarterback, there is, there is a lower, like they're going to score less points because you can't get the ball to the players. They're not going to score it. They're not going to be able to score. So a lot of the models are, are, are using multiple years of data averaged out like a bunch of different ways to slice and dice that we have like over like five or six hundred features that we feed into the model for it to then go and try and come up with what these outcomes are now i can't tell you if it uses all of them but we try and give it as much information as possible for it to come up with the with the with the most accurate projection uh, projections and then what you're able to do like week to week it's a little bit different because you can we there are models that use like sequences so instead of you having to feed it a bunch of data like like last game like last game stats or last year's and the year or two years ago, three years ago, what you can do is just feed it that raw information in a sequence so it learns like, okay, it knows that you know, this array of data, the last one was four games ago, then three, then two, then one. And then you can we can use that to then help it extract what it thinks it's gonna do in the next couple of games. And then we can use that to then ultimately come up with the with the with the predictions. Um yeah, so that's a little bit. I know that was like a lot of detail. I can actually get into like some more uh, on that if you if you guys want to. I don't know how technical your audience is or, or what they want to hear, but um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting problem to solve because there's a million different ways to do it, and they, usually the answer is do them all and average them together, which is what we try to do as much as we can. Um, I, I did have a follow up. So you mentioned like features. You're giving them features. What do you mean by by that? Like, what's an example of a feature? Features would be the stats. It, it'd be like their counting stats. It'd be like their rushing yards, receiving yards, air yards, share of air yards. Like basically anything you can think of that the that is available from from like the NFL. Like data wise, we try to use. And then what's and then the the, 
the other thing that we try to do too is you, you have to like for all of this you have to apply like domain knowledge so there are there are really good articles on like pro football focus and like from these fantasy experts that do actually have pretty good analysis of like all right well we look for these things and like this seems to lead to good like good outcomes we can take that ancillary information build build those features from that and then use that as another data point with like in our models which i think is really like not really the secret sauce but that is a in general for machine learning that is an effective way to increase performance in your models awesome so are you like are you using uh i'm ryan by the way i um co-founded fry ai with hunter um but i won't get into too much detail so, since we're in the middle of the podcast here but um what uh like are you using an llm in the background and forgive me if i ask any questions hunter already has like what llm are you using to to analyze the data and then like what's if you go over your tech stack a little bit uh, we do our audiences anyone from the you know they just heard about ai yesterday to someone that has a lot of tech background um so we have a lot a lot of different uh, uh people in our demographic um but if you could just go over those 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 questions that'd be great yeah so we we haven't we haven't got into using like large language models uh -huh. we use large language models to start with it would be to to generate like player profiles and summaries from our data more so like less so for the projections themselves um we we, we played around a little bit with trying to get like summary from game logs out of like large language models and it's not is not as accurate as just getting the raw stats from like the NFL, like the, the NFL fast R package, like these, these pre-built open source tools that people have that already do that are, are better than L, like large language language models right now for this. Um, I think that you'll see large language models be used a lot more to, to do like the summaries and like, and answer questions about your, like about the data. So instead of you having to go say, Hey, who should I pick up? they'll like and you have to go like well you say if you having to figure out who to pick up on your own you can just ask them like hey who's the best player to pick up and have it outputted but i think from like a, a modeling perspective we're not there um we're not we're not there in, in a way that makes it as any value right now gotcha so what's the difference between like your site because you're you you you're marketed as ai like what is the ai component behind it right now like compared to the other thousands of <laughs> sites out there. That's what I asked too. Oh, sorry. <laughs> All right. No, it's, no, it's fine. No, it's it's fine. So like, I don't really know how a lot of these other sites come up with their projections, but we use a lot of deep learning models. Um, we use deep learning really to come up with our projections. And then we, we don't just model stats. We actually model probability distributions. So what we do is we, we use like TensorFlow probability to come up with, you know, with I think it's like 500 to 1,000 distributions for each player each week. And then we aggregate those up and average them out to come up with what our ultimate projections are. And then what we end up doing is we, we don't just use one model. So like one of the other things that, that, that we do, and I'm not going to get into a ton of detail because it is a little bit of secret sauce, but we do, we do model out a bunch of other things that we then feed into the models that you see week to week. And that's really when we started seeing the most performance gains wasn't just like taking the data we have and just kind of throwing it into, you know, an auto ML package and have it spit out projections. What we end up doing is we have multi, we have a bunch of different models that run that then ultimately feed that final deep learning algorithm that comes up with what you see on the site, like the projections you see on the site. And we've, we've got a lot of lift from that. So you're kind of like playing possibilities. Like if I'm understanding this correctly, like you're, 
we'll keep to our Justin Jefferson example because, you know, we've been talking about him. But let's say, like, Justin Jefferson, for example, has, you know, like, has, like, in, like some probability of having, like, 200 yards in a game. Then maybe he has, like, 80 yards. Maybe he has some probability of having 10 yards. Maybe he has some probability of having zero, zero points. And you run that through, like, 500 times. Then you take that aggregate and you get a high, you get a low. And then that's what you, that's what it posts something from that. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah, more or less. And like what we haven't done yet, and this is something that that we we very well could do is we could even we could eventually get to a point where you can just put in, like we can give you like those range of outcomes and say like he has a thirty percent chance of scoring over fifty because out of all the of all the distributions that that like the the that we got from the output. Like, you know, if we had a hundred, like 20 of them, he had over 20 yards, which I think goes into like player props and stuff like that. But we don't need to go down, down that rabbit hole because we haven't done that on the site yet because um, that data is really not available. Um, but there is, yeah, there is a lot of, lot, lot of cool stuff you can do with, with the tools that are available. It seems like, so, so you have like some things in the oven, it seems like some directions you could take this, you know, like having like maybe like a chat bot or something like that. So like you, you could ask it like, personalized advice like should i start josh jacobs this week or should i start nick chubb or something i mean you'd probably start both of them but let's say you had um you know it would be able to say well josh jacobs is playing like give it some sort of like response based on that or like there seems like there's some different things that you can do like you said player props like you know let's say justin jefferson's catch line is like six and a half like over under you know you could do like well, he's got a 70% chance to go over something like that. Um, so do you see like these things, like, is this a direction you guys want to go or do you have any other things like you're, you're working on for the future for like the next steps of your development? Yeah. So, so that's a good question. I mean, like we're not, we're not trying to be everything to everybody. So like there are a lot of really good sites that have really great content. So we're not trying to really do a ton of content. Like, I mean, we, 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 we do have like, we do try and do like weekly recaps and like Nick is really good at just jumping on and like he live streams his draft. Like we're going to do stuff like that because we enjoy doing it, but we're not trying to be like huge content guys. Um, and I think that like, if we, I think that like next up is really just trying to get integrations into different leagues so people can automatically pull in their settings. Like I think very like tactical things. Um, and then like a lot of it really just comes down to like a meta level discussion of like, what is fantasy football? Like, do you want, like, do you really want some, like, like a large language model to tell you exactly who to play? Or do you want to like use the data and make a call yourself? Um, I think that there's really like people that want like both sides of those. Um, but I think that for now it's really just trying to, trying to improve usability on the site. Cause we are still small and relatively new. So like we only make incremental improvements every year, but we're actually, we're getting to a point where like, we can actually start making more changes quicker at that point. I think like we don't really have a roadmap yet. Like we haven't even got to that. Like once we get into the season, everything stops and we don't really make any changes because you don't like, there's too much stuff going on in football. You know, every week there's something new. There's no real downtime. Um, but I think that, you know, I don't have a good answer for you outside of like there there's endless possibilities. Yeah. It, I, think, I think that's a good answer. Like you have things you could do. But you're trying to get that foundation solidified and really do that well right now. I think that's that's a good thing to do. It's a good thing to start because you don't want to run a million miles a minute and then you get back and you're like, we're trying, we're spreading ourselves too thin or something like that. 
Yeah. Yeah. And like, and part, and part of the reason why, you know, we've, I think had the success and like why we've been around and have like, we, we, we were, we were grinding out like no users for a while. It's just like between all of us that are a part of it, like we, we all love it and we all, we all give a lot of attention to it, but we just really focus on the things that we all feel is important. And there's really not a lot of pressure. Like we don't, we don't, we don't have like investors that are pressuring like growth or anything. It's really just like a small group of us that started it that just are kind of like, treating this thing as like our baby and we can move at the speed that we want, which is probably not like what other people would do in our situation, but it's kind of just the reality of like where we are, where we're all at in our lives. Like we don't, all of us do this as like on nights and weekends. So it's not like we have, but we all have full-time paying jobs that, you know, require a lot of time and attention as well. And then this is really just like right after that, what do we do? We, we, we dive into kind of where we can try to add the most value to our user base um, and a lot of it is like, you know, oh yeah, that's, that's really it. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of sites that, that do a lot of things and we, we're just, we just can't be that. That's funny that you say, uh, like some people want to use it and some people don't, right? Like some people, they don't want to hear the statistics. And I think about like, you know, whenever people have like fantasy football teams and like somebody's girlfriends in there, or, like somebody's wife or like their mom, or, like something like that. Right. And they're always the ones that like do super well, <laughs> like with March Madness, like they do like no people who don't watch football at, at all or, or, or basketball at all. They do so well. And it's like they just pick it based on the mascot or the color, or, like whatever. So it's, kind of, it's kind of funny how that works. And that's kind of the beauty of it is like it is very cool, like to me, like to see all the analytics and stuff like that. But then there's also this component where it's like some people are like, eh, I, I don't want to do that. I'm better off just winging it. You know, so it is kind of funny that way. It's an awesome tool also for like, you know, jumping in on your family. Like you want, you, you said it before, like you, it, it depends. Some people just want the data and want to make the choices of themselves because they want to have fun with fantasy football. But like our family league, I want to use it to crush my family, you know, like so. Uh, but is, is that sort of like how you got started as well? Like, um, did you get started in this just because? you want to do it for yourself and for your fantasy football league or for betting yourself. And that's sort of what, how this got created. Yeah. So like Zach, I, I think the, and if I, it's been, I need to go and like save the LinkedIn post, but I think, I think the whole reason why, like, so it started with like a LinkedIn post from a, a guy named Zach. Um, and I'm pretty sure his LinkedIn post was like, I want to beat all my friends and family in fantasy football. Who wants to, who wants to get in on it? I was like, I'm in. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the betting stuff very much so like the, all the betting stuff we were just doing to try and, Cause we all, we all, I mean, sports betting is huge and we all, we all like making pizza bets on games. So that we very much just started doing that ourselves because, you know, who to pick week to week. It's so subjective. Like, I, I don't know. Everybody has their own opinion and my brothers love to give me theirs and it's usually counter to what the model says. And it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I know you guys love betting, but I'm going to go with what the model says because that's not like, it's not biased. It's like, I don't like betting on the dolphins like plus 20, but like if it says to do it, I'm in. But your brother is telling you it's your brother's telling you it's a sure win. You got to bet the house on it. So you got to follow him. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, very much just like we, we started this just trying to trying to get better rankings than, than we were getting on ESPN and CBS, which are notoriously bad, according to Reddit. Yeah, they're pretty bad. <laughs> I, I get a call. From my, I get a call from my uncle every week and he's he's kind of funny. He's a big sports fan. But he calls me every week, you know, like ESPN has this has this guy called the guru or whatever. It's like a guru is what they call it. And, and he uh, like they give their projections each week of how well and they give a little summary of why they think 
the person's going to do such a thing. And he always calls me every week, like, oh, the freaking guru again, like screwed me over, you know, like that. Like they're always terrible. They're always way off. He's like, how did, how do they still have jobs? Blah, 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 you know? And so it's just, it's just so funny. Like, I, I agree that the algorithms are not that, or the, uh, whatever they use is not that good. So I think this really is an area where there could be a lot of improvement and a lot of people could benefit. Like, I know, like I play a lot of fantasy football and I read that stuff like a lot, like I like the analytics. So I think, I think it's really cool. A lot of people do. Yeah. And like, I love, like, I do love to go on ESPN and all these sites and read their content because I do, I do like hearing what people say mainly because like, I like to take the people on my team and make sure that these people think that they're good. Like I know I draft my team based on the model, but like you do seek like validation that your choices are the right ones. I mean, also like, if, you know, we have, we have nothing to do reading an article about fantasy football. It's like not, not the worst, not the worst thing to, to spend 10, 15 minutes on. I mean, that's really the other thing about this too, that that's kind of that is challenging. is like a lot of people use this stuff to validate their choices and like their drafts. And like, you know, if you're, and one of the things that we do see is like, hey, I draft like you have this guy really low. Everybody else has him really high. Why? Because this person has him on their team, and they're like upset because they take it very personally that like we don't, we're not giving them like a an echo chamber that that their team is really good or this player is going to be really good this week. Because when we first started, we we posted a lot of our projections on Reddit, and Reddit's brutal. Um, like those like in, in the fantasy football subreddits, people would go in and they would like be real mad at our projections. Like I was like, we were personally attacking them. I'm like, guys, like, this isn't like, this isn't my opinion. I'm not telling, like, this is just what the model says. Like, it's not me. It's the model. Like stop attacking me because you don't agree with what, what my, what the model says. Like, it's not, not personally attacking your decision to draft this player, start this player this week. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Like, do you ever get upset when they say the Eagles are going to lose to get, a, does it get your heart a little bit or you're like, dude, luckily, luckily it didn't have the Eagles losing many games this year. It actually had them winning the Super Bowl too. So I was pretty pumped about that. Oh, okay. It has them winning the Super Bowl. Well, it had them winning. It had them winning last year when they lost. Um, but yeah, we haven't, I haven't, I don't have, I don't even have, I don't even, we haven't even got to the point where we do like preseason rankings, like, or like preseason, um, like preseason, like win losses for teams. Um, that's something that's like on my list of stuff to start looking into. I, th- I think it's challenging because you don't know. Like there's so many factors that come into play when you're looking at a whole team performance. Like if Jalen Hurts goes down, like the Eagle, like whatever you said, the Eagles is going to win, you're losing that. Like that's not happening. There's no way they're winning six, like 12 games or 13, 10 games, whatever it is with a backup quarterback. It's hard to account for that, right? Because I mean, like if, if Jalen Hurts is in, let's say the Eagles are over 10 and a half wins. Jalen Hurts is out. It's like, okay, we're going down to like six and a half wins or something like that. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. I don't want the ire of my own, my home team, my home team fans. I don't want some of the models saying like the Eagles, the Eagles are going to win like eight games, then post that, and then have like my brother, or like my dad call and be like, yo, why do they have the Eagles with eight wins? Like, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. Like, at least not yet. So I want to ask you, like, apart from your project, this is just a fun question. But uh, what do you think about like the direction of, of you're you're in the AI space? So what do you think about the direction of AI more generally? Where do you think it's going? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I think that I think that like I think that it's going in a direction of just like helping out, like helping tasks get done easier. Um, yeah, like I'm a bit torn. Like I'm 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 very much like a wait and see kind of guy. Where like you know I I'm pretty good about spotting trends and things. I mean, like I got into data at the right time. 
but like I don't really know where any of this stuff's actually gonna go. Cause I mean, I just I just think on like like self-driving cars, like that was hype like mid two thousands, like two thousand ten, eleven, and this still hasn't materialized. Like, I remember just reading articles being like, Oh, we're really close to having fully autonomous vehicles and like I think the conversation shifted there to just highway only driving because it's more predictable. So like I think like generally like it, like the AI space is complicated. It's like the future is really hard to to fully to fully understand. Like I I say, I say and I say that like I think it it'll be good tools to help people in their like their jobs and like their passion projects because like I use ChatGPT a lot at work to help with like coding and like and it, it makes, it does make a huge difference. Like when you want to experiment with something new, anytime you're reducing like the barrier of learning or the barrier of getting started, you're going to see a lot of benefits. So I think that like AI is going to help reduce the barriers to a lot of things. And that's going to, that's going to do a lot of good for a lot of people. Um, Cause like, you know, it's, it's hard to get started. It's really hard for people, at least for me personally, to get started on something new because I know the startup costs of having to like, especially when it comes to like coding or like new models, it's like, getting there like it takes a lot of like trial and error to get something started but when you have like ai if you have like chat gpt or these other like bar where they can get you started and help you work through errors while learning i think that it makes everything like way more approachable like i have examples in my job right now where like things that i thought was gonna were gonna take me like three months or four months to do myself i got done in like three weeks because i was able to use like chat gpt that like because i knew there were going to be things i was going to run into but instead of having to like search through Stack Overflow or Google or just like go back to like the, all the books I have on my desk, I can just go ask like ChatGPT or to help me with very very tactical things, and it, it makes it makes you iterate a lot quicker. So I would say that like that's if I think of like at least in the short term, I think that like any anybody who's using this to create like enablers for people to do things, I think that that's I think that's where it's going to go because um, I. I it's just tough. I mean, like chatbots are great. Like, I don't know. It's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hype around like general intelligence. Um, and maybe it's real. Like I'm not, I wouldn't call me like a visionary, but um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great, it's a crazy time to be alive. I will say that. Um, it's a great time to be alive, to be honest with you. It's, you know, if you told me, if you told me, you know, when we started Gridiron or if you told me like 10 years ago that, you know, there would be tools like ChatGPT, Bard, or whatever, whatever um, GitHub's like co-coding is, where you could like take something like coding, which is like you have a super high barrier to entry, and reduce that and help people be more effective. I would have called you crazy. It's crazy. Like I do front-end development work, and like the first time I saw ChatGPT or any of these LLMs doing coding, it was like mind blowing. You know, like that word's overused so much, but it really, it really was because. You put in so much time to think about a simple, every keystroke you put in to code something, and it just spits out everything you need. I mean, it's crazy. I think it's one day it's going to just, why do you even need someone to code a website? Maybe to do fine-tuned details for things, but to do a general website or general stuff, it's, it, it can do it. A lot of that stuff now, it's it's insane. Um, you know, if you want to just pump out, a what, describe a website you want to create, you know, I think ChatGPT can pretty much do it for you. A uh, very basic one right now, but that's going to change quickly. So it's it's nuts. Yeah, which is great. I mean, people have to people have to just learn how to use it and embrace it. Which I think like that's also part of it too. Is like you know the adoption for guys like you and I, Ryan, is pretty high. Like I'm all about just like taking what's new and start using it and getting my hands there. But there are people that are just like they're going to be slower, and like businesses are also going to be slower. Like 
it, it'll, I think the, the horizon for a lot of this stuff to be widely adopted um, based on like my experience is going to be slower than most just because like not everybody moves at this at like the speed of light like one of the advantages and why I like gridiron is like there's only five of us five of us right now so like we have to make a decision to do something we can just do it like there's no like there's nothing there's no nothing complex about it there's no like corporate structure you need to go through and ask for pull requests and all this stuff right yeah ask for pull requests to get business buy-in like find the value, not be distracted by a million other things that people think are a priority that may or may not actually be a priority. Like they may actually drive value. I think that, you know, they're, it's, it's a lot easier to adopt things when you're not, when you're on a smaller group. So I think that like freelancers and stuff like that, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity for them, for people to make money by using these tools and going on like Upwork or one or five or these other sites and, and just selling services that are more or less just helping just putting stuff into chat GPT and putting out and getting those outcomes into things you can sell. Yeah. I saw someone was uh, doing like, they said they made like a million dollars on Upwork or Fiverr just by doing basic work, like, because nobody else wants to do it, but they just put it do it in mass, you know? So it's nuts. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, what, one thing I wanted to ask you, hopefully Hunter didn't ask you this yet, but for your, like for sports betting in particular, I know you guys offer a bunch of different things. Do you have a win rate or like, what is that win rate? I, I thought someone advertised on your site before what that was, but if there is one, how long, how much data did you get to get there? Like how, how much time did it take for you to get that, to that number? Yeah. So like, I don't have the top of my head. So like you can go on like, so we do put all of our picks in the, in the NFL pick watch. Um, so we were um, like our accuracy, I think for like spread is around 50 two to 53%, which is pretty good. And then Moneyline were in like the mid sixties and it varies from year to year because of small samples. Um, but we've been, I think we've been doing it. We started during the COVID football season. Like we started actually like publishing them in NFL pick watch during COVID. So like that was what, 2020, 21, 22. So this is the fourth year that we've, we've done it on the site. Um, so we have a pretty good track record and you can go on NFL pick watch and like, we have a link to it on our site. Like, and you can see like our trends, like where we, where we, it, they have pretty good data too of like, what teams do you do the best with? What teams do you do the worst with? Um, I will say that like, I will say that one thing that the sports betting stuff is really, has taught me is the, the way Vegas sets their lines is very good. Like when you're, when you're building models, every model that we build, when, when, when it's trying to predict who's going to win against the spread, it's very hard to get much left above like 53, 54% accuracy just because the lines are so well optimized. It, it's honestly, it's honestly crazy. And you said you're at, you are at 52 for the, for the spread. It varies week to week. And that, and that's the, that's the thing about, and that's, that's the challenge when it comes to spread betting is we have weeks where it's like 16%. We get like two games, right. And then we have other weeks we get 14, right. So it's really, it's really hard. I mean, like when I, when I use our, our projections to bet the spread, I, I take that and I inject like my personal opinion on it because one, like I'm not a serious, like I'm not, I'm not a serious person when it comes to sports betting. Like I'm betting like five bucks. So I'm betting the spread and betting like five bucks. Yeah. You're not betting 50 grand at a cut at a time or something. <laughs> yeah. It'd be, it'd be, yeah, it'd be a little bit different. Um, we have had a lot of, a lot of success on money line because you don't have as much, it's harder, the money line's harder to make money on because you're not, 
basically, you know, you could be betting 10, you could be betting a hundred to win 60. So you have to get that right more times than not. But we have had a lot of, a lot of success with some betting strategies using the money line because it is so accurate. And this year we actually have a lot more data than we had last year. And we've been adding in like a lot more advanced, like a lot more calculated inputs that, that I think, and I should knock on wood that like, I think should add lift because they're like things that make sense. It's like pressure rate on the quarterback, like, like, you know, um, like first and second down um, efficiency. Like those are things that we didn't have access to in the past that we do now. Like, yeah, they're calculated fields, but like, like they actually do matter. Like how well you do on first and on like the passing downs does actually like, it is a, it is a good indicator of like how good your team is. If you look at it over the course of a whole game. Gotcha. So like the Vegas is, I mean, it's, it's scary how good they are predicting, uh, making the spread. It's insane. And it, I'm, I'm sure they're going to start using AI themselves as well. So they're, they'll even get better, but it sounds like it's going to be like a race, right? Like you guys are, it's, I mean, Vegas is probably doing their thing in the background. Nobody knows how they're doing the spreads, but if they're implementing AI and you guys are doing it as well, it's almost going to be like a battle between you guys and, and, and Vegas to see who's going to stay ahead of the curve. Yeah, maybe like the thing about like the thing about spread is like Vegas actually doesn't care what the final number is. They just want the even money on both sides. So they make they make it in the middle. So like the, so the reason like the reason why these lines are so optimized is like, let's say that let's say that, you know, let's say that they're let's say the Eagles against um, what's a, what's a, what's a bad team. I'm going to offend somebody by saying this. Let's say um the commanders, because they're in my division. I'm a Browns fan, so they're they're usually the bad team, but <laughs> I like the Browns. Though. The, the Browns are like I, I love the Browns. Um so like um so let's say that it's Eagles at Commanders and let's say that somehow their line's not optimized. So like let's say that we think it's a high probability and, and everybody's hammering the Eagles like minus two, which would be a great line against the Browns, like at home, like minus two. Like that's that's crazy. Like the second Vegas sees too much money on the Eagles, they'll kick that line up. Cause they want people to start betting the Browns. So like that line can move from two to six in one week. If everybody's hammering the Eagles, cause they need money on the other side. Are you saying it's more like Vegas isn't really doing that much. It's more what the people, the people are predicting the games. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the pe- people are driving the lines more so than sites like ours. Like we can still like there may, there is potentially a way for us to find an edge of like lines that aren't correctly optimized. And by doing that, we would have to come up with our own line and be like, and basically try and predict what the final line would be for a game compared to the opening line and be like, all right, we think the line's going to move here. So this is good value to buy right now. But Vegas is actually going to always be ahead of the curve because they their systems are already designed to make sure that they don't get killed on one bet. And there's enough people and like, you know, you can move lines. Like there, there are like, you know, let's say that we had a million people. That'd be great. Let's say a million people use our site. And we said bet the Eagles and they all bet the Eagles. That we, we could move Vegas's line. The thing about sports betting is, I think it, it's getting to a point in the U.S. where it's big enough where like there's enough normal people that aren't like there's a bunch of people like my brothers or like my all my friends that just like they enjoy just betting a couple bucks or twenty bucks on a game and they're gonna go to their podcast and they're just gonna go and like sprinkle some money here or there that that it'll out it'll outweigh anything that like sites like ours that may have an edge would do to, to remove that edge. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense or not. It's it's almost like if you sample more people than Vegas does, you could beat the, you could get more accurate odds if that's possible. Is that right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you, if you could like, 
you know, I think that like going back to like where like some of this AI tech could go, like if there was a way for you to like actually aggregate like sentiment about teams and like betting, like where the money's flowing, um, I think that you could probably come, you could probably come up with a way to say, look, we think all the money's flowing here. So you should either get it on the other side now or you like wait. So I think that there is some, there is some stuff there, but it is, you need to sample a huge amount of people and see where their money is going. And, and there may be like services where like, cause I know that ESPN on like all their betting shows will like talk about, um, we'll talk about like where, where the money is. Cause like, you know, Caesars will say that like, Oh, there's 80% of the money is on the Eagles. Like we don't have access to that data. That'd be nice to know. Um, but, um, but you know, there, there are like Vegas has it and like people do have access to that information. That's just not, available to us one thing we uh we interviewed this one site they're called chirper.ai it's like a it's a social media site where no they don't allow humans so you can create bots on there and these bots you can describe anything you want about them be like you could say create a bot that loves fantasy football and all he does is bet on sports all day and this bot will just all day post on this social media site about who he's gonna bet on who, who he likes and all i mean it's pretty incredible um but one of their use cases is um and i thought it might fit with you guys is you could create millions of bots and you do market research, right? So you could ask the bots who they're going to bet on and these bots pull data from the outside world. So instead of like at doing a, a market research group to call people on the phone or however Vegas does it, well, Vegas does it because they get the, the betting in. But um, if you want to sample a million people on who they're going to bet, you could do it via via their site. Um, I don't think they're that big yet, but that's they, they, they're pretty close to being able to do something like that. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, maybe I'll try and connect with them because like the other use case for that too is like for daily fantasy. So like if you think if you guys play DFS, even if you don't, like a lot of the um a lot of the way you find an edge there is to find play it's like the start players that other people aren't. So if you can get like from Twitter or whatever, like kind of sentiment on like who people are like really high on, you want to you want to fade some of those guys because you need a unique lineup. Like when you think about like the million, the million maker. Um, like the people who make millions of dollars in these tournaments, it's because they have like the amount of players that they have. They have like a couple guys that everybody has, but they have four or five that have like a 2% ownership rate. So you can only really get that by like trying to project out ownership, which is really hard right now. But if you had a way to actually pull in, like if you know all the sites are kind of hyping up like this, these groups of people and you see people saying, Hey, this is what my lineup looks like. If you can get away from them and fade those guys, it actually gives you an advantage in these in these competitions to make sure you're trying to get um, low like low owned like low owned players. Yeah, it's almost like it's better it's it's better just to take that risk because everybody's betting on the same people. So it is like if if you're trying to win if you're trying to win like a like a like a tournament like not just a head to head game like you absolutely have to take risks and like that's why we haven't really solved DFS yet. It's it's very hard like to find an optimal lineup that wins consistently, especially in tournaments, because you have to have enough variation. And we haven't got to a point where like, we do a great job at that just because it's, it's, it's a different, it's a, it's a, it's a uniquely different challenge for something that's so similar to fantasy football. Gotcha. But you'll get there one day. Yeah. Hopefully. If you want to um, promote anything, now's the time to do it, like your site or anything else, Twitter handles, whatever you want. Uh, you can just find us at gridironai.com. Um, um, we Hunter already talked kind of about like kind of the services that we offer. Um, we're also in Discord, um, it's gridironai, one word. 
Um, it's open. We have a lot of channels. We, we actually just moved from Slack to Discord. Like, we're done being boomers in Slack. We're in the Discord chain. Like, you know, we just, yeah, so we're, we're in there. So we have a lot of good, we have a lot of good people in there that if you have questions um, or, or you just want to come say hi or, or, or yell at me because you don't like what the model says that somebody you drafted, um, how they're going to perform. Like, I'm, he I'm here for you guys. Um, yeah, so that's, um, thanks for the time, Ryan. I, I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, I could talk to you for another hour. So oh, yeah, easy, easy. But good luck. And everybody uh, check out their site. Um, put, some, put some money down maybe. And uh, who knows, you'll maybe be a big winner and you'll be a millionaire. Don't take it out on Andy if you're not. I mean, if you're living homeless by the side of the road, it's not Andy's fault. Um, but uh, yeah, if you want to check out our newsletter, it's fry-ai.com forward slash subscribe. Um, you can check us out on Twitter as well. It's the Fry AI, at the Fry AI. Um, that's it. Thanks so much, Andy. Uh, we'll be publishing this soon and uh, can't wait to talk to you again sometime. Good. Thanks, Ryan. See you.